0: With me today is my good buddy Austin Johnson.
1: Austin, great to have you here, man. I appreciate the invite. I love what you're doing here. Appreciate uh, the title, it, the intro music, the whole thing. We got I beats. think this is spot on. I appreciate it, man. It's
0: been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for our conversation today. It, it actually started several months ago. and We were having lunch together, and uh, I think both of us had been studying the spiritual disciplines semi-recently. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of started talking about that a little bit and specifically kind of found our way into fasting, which is ironic because we were eating a lot of pizza that day. Gorging on <laughs> yes. pizza.
1: Let's talk about not eating.
0: Exactly. But, but we both kind of came to that conclusion that for some reason in the church today, it just seems like it's a very undervalued practice.
1: I don't even think that's strong enough. And we talked okay. about it then. Mm-hmm. And I still think it's true now. It's it's under practiced, but it's it's really often just neglected. And I don't know why people overlook this. I don't know if it's because of the discomfort. I don't know mm-hmm. if because some people, honestly, and you can you know this, have taken it to extremes, right. or it may be a misunderstanding of what it really is. But there is no doubt in my mind that I think we're actually missing out on one of the key pieces of, you know, first century Christianity, but really one of the key things that God uses to transform us and work in us and change us.
0: Right. Yeah. I think you you hit it with the misunderstanding. I don't think mm-hmm. people know what it is necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. for most people, their association is maybe an, kind of popular now, intermittent fasting, you know, right. a diet. But Probably most people, it's you know colonoscopy territory. Like if you've had a medical procedure, a surgery, mm-hmm. you know you got to fast for twenty four hours, no food, drink water, right. that kind of thing. And that's where I think the majority of people connect it. But
1: almost like it's just become a physical. Right. Like I want to lose five pounds. Exactly. Or Well, great. The doc said I got to be in at eight. I can't drink my coffee and I have eggs in the morning. It's just a new diet, right? right? It's just the new thing, but it's.
0: Right in scripture it's anything but that it's a, it is completely tied to the spiritual mm-hmm. you know and i think that's why you don't just see it once or twice you see it really th- Throughout the whole of Scripture, all throughout the Bible, yeah, in in Second Samuel specifically uh, in chapter one, you know, David is is grieving for Saul and Jonathan, and so you see him fasting there. And then a few chapters later, uh, obviously after his discretionary acts there with uh, Bathsheba, when he loses a son, mm-hmm. there there's another fasting. Both of those are kind of related to grief, but right. uh, they're not the only places we we see it. But those are two that jump out to me at least right. in the beginning.
1: Transitioning into New Testament, Jesus' life. Mm-hmm. Um, while those were significant moments of grief you know you know the emotions brought about with those two specific situations you know you look at jesus matthew 3 the begin the very beginning of his ministry before he sets out on that 3 year period of literally changing the course of the world and eternity. I can't overstate how significant this was. Before he went off and did all of those things, the life that changed the the world, what did he start out doing? Went into the wilderness and he fasted. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's insignificant that Jesus went and did that very thing and I know a lot of people will say it's in preparation for the temptations that Satan was going to throw at him, and it was, but if we think bigger picture at a on a greater scale, you know couldn't it be that Jesus was actually at the very beginning of his ministry serving God on earth, Could it be that he wanted an utter connectedness to his Father that would carry him through not just a few temptations but carry him through for the next three years, and all the trials the struggles the joys, everything that he would go through? and it was fasting mm-hmm. that he did it's amazing yeah and not just with jesus and i can we can talk more and more i don't want to spend all the podcast listing off all the, maybe you can put those in the notes yeah that'd be good afterwards put those in the show notes yeah but jesus's apostles you know where would Jesus' apostles have gotten the example of fasting you know if jesus didn't do it i don't think they would have done it right. but because they did it we can assume and know that he did in acts 13 right before Paul, Saul and Barnabas are set out on their missionary journey. And even, interesting enough, before the, we just, you know, we figured this out, before mm. they even knew it, Yeah, they were worshiping, the Bible says, worshiping in Acts 13, verse 2, while they're worshiping the Lord and fasting, that's when the Holy Spirit spoke. He said, set apart for me, Saul and Barnabas. And then in, in verse 3, then after fasting, praying, they laid their hands on them, They they were sent off. And so yes grief in the old testament jesus beginning his ministry that changed the course of the world and even the early church what do we find woven throughout the entirety of scripture god's people fasting right where are we even jesus
0: in matthew 6 where he, he's you know in the midst of this discourse sermon on the mount when you fast just like when you pray you know mm-hmm. if if we take things to to mean Literally here that he is he has a commandment of sorts you know mm-hmm. some people want to say is it a is it a command or not well it's certainly an expectation I think that's easy to say and, the wording and lends
1: itself to like I'm assuming this is going to in it's already yeah, yeah exactly it's yeah. already happening so when you do it do it
0: for the right reasons and yes. you know that also kind of gets misconstrued uh, in some ways of, of the purpose and all but I think that um, specifically for Jesus it it helps us to then kind of focus ourselves on God. Jesus mm-hmm. focused himself on on his father, on his mission. Mm-hmm. All of those things that you mentioned. Why is it then that we find ourselves so detached from from this this element that seems to be such an integral part of God's plan mm-hmm. from the beginning, from mm-hmm. Old Testament, time of Christ and beyond?
1: Well, before before I answer that question, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting that when Jesus was able to overcome those temptations, we always go to the fact that he quoted scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, he drew that out. Because the the 40 days previous, what was he filling himself with? He was fasting. We struggle to put out scripture oftentimes. I wonder if it's because of what we're not putting in ourselves. And then fasting can help with that. Right. But when it comes to fasting, like that question you just asked, um, I think that hits home with the core issues of humanity. Real uncomfortable conversation pieces. If I fast, I'm uncomfortable. I'm inconvenienced. I'm out of my routine, mm-hmm. and you and I both know that that is hard for a lot of people. Even hard for us sometimes.
0: Um, yeah, I think uh, discomfort. You said inconvenience, and, mm-hmm. and then out of out of routine. Um, from, for a lot of people in modern day Christianity, and this is one of those blanket statements that I, I hate, but I, I use know I just gotta say it. Yeah, but it it, it does. Convenience seems to be the driving force to our spirituality, to our faith even, mm-hmm. to where um, if, if it re- requires us, you know, Google has kind of ruined me from research in general, oh, man. because if it's not within those first two or three, and one of those is usually an ad, mm-hmm. then I don't know how to dig as mm-hmm. much as fervently as I used to when you had to really dig into text. I think a lot of times we go as far as our one or two searches will take us in our faith. Fasting, One, there's an element, I think, of silence that comes with fasting. You're you're not filling your mind with what am I going to eat next. You had mentioned earlier, what do we fill ourselves with? Well, fasting is a removal of food, but it's not just a removal. It is then to make place, make more room, more space for God in our day, right, in the midst of that that period of time that we've chosen to fast.
1: Have you seen that skit by the skit guys where – one guy is the, is the person, right? He's mm-hmm. the Christian. Mm-hmm. And the other guy is acting as God. And he's chiseling, chiseling away. out. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's been a few years, but yeah. And, and no, you remember
1: right. in that skit where he hit certain pieces yeah. of you know, the innermost part of who he is. And the guy said, oh, wait, God, are, are you going to work there? Right. You know, are you going to take that away? Are you going to take that away now? Yeah. And it was this wrestling of God transforming the inner man of who, of who that person was and how that, that hurts. And right. it's uncomfortable and it's very inconvenient because, you know, you may have lived your life doing certain things for so long. Now all of a sudden it has to change. Fasting.
0: Yeah.
1: I, some people have never even considered I should just go a day without eating. Right. But for the purpose right. of connecting to God. Yeah, There, there is a voluntary
0: removal of food. Yes. You know, the the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus lists off several things that are good things, you know, things that need to be a part of, of a follower of Christ's life He says, I've done all those. So he had some comprehension of what it meant to follow Christ. It's almost, maybe I'm reading into it, but it's almost like,
1: you know, I'm laughing at my son last night. Oh yeah. So I was bathing my kids and, uh, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I'm about to wash Jarrett's hair, my four-year-old. He Mm -hmm. can't stand. Neither one Mm -hmm. likes their hair being washed. I don't know about your kids. Yeah, I hate it. Our kids can't stand it. And so my old son says, Dad, I always go first. I don't want to go first. I said, no, you don't want to go first in things you don't like. But if it's something you like, you always want to. So I said, son, you want Brooks to go first if you don't like it. But if you like it, you want to go first. He said, yes, Dad, that's it. (laughs) Because we don't want to purposefully Inconvenience and hurt. Who would volu- who would yeah. volunteer for that?
0: Right. Well, the ruler there. He's he's done all those Which things, the point. all
1: the things that I want to do, right. or you know, that are
0: easy for me to do. But the mm-hmm. one thing that I, you know, like in that that skip, the one thing that really hurts, the one thing that I really like, I yes. really enjoy, that I probably have really defined who I am based off of this one thing. Mm-hmm. What if you're not the rich young ruler anymore? Go and sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and follow me. Leave your identity, your old identity. I've been crucified with Christ; nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. Paul says that there is going to be a change of identity here. When you become a follower of Christ, there is a true death of self, of self. And and I think in through fasting, we we get to uh we get to embrace that, right? That is a, a sort mm-hmm. of a acting out that death to whatever that to to food, to to whatever. Um in it's, like a, it's a
1: microcosm. Of the bigger picture of Christianity, yeah. of emptying myself so yeah. I can, like Paul said in Ephesians, be filled with the fullness yeah. of Christ.
0: You don't accidentally fast; it's intentional. No, absolutely, it's, it is completely purposeful. Yes, and and it has a direction and it has some sort of a plan and preparation to it, just like the Christian life. You don't just accidentally become a follower of Christ, Mm-mm. right? It doesn't just happen. It's mm-hmm. something that we have to work at dying to self. It's something that we have to do daily that pick up our cross and to follow him, this, this inconvenience element, we find ourselves drawn to the things that are most convenient. And in the midst of, you know, we've, we've definitely experienced a disruption in our schedules with, you know, with all the virus stuff, but just even day to day things, when we have a plan, a schedule set and we get inconvenienced and knocked off of that, we're not patient with people. Because we're inconvenienced, not necessarily because what they did was a wrong to us. Somebody Mm -hmm. cut us off in traffic. Well, they actually forgot they're supposed to turn here. They're late to pick up their kids, blah, 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 whatever it could be. It could be a good thing they're trying to get to. But in our circumstance, we're inconvenienced. All we see is an inconvenience. And so we lash out with anger.
1: Have you heard... Wives say, you know, I realize now that husbands were meant to work and stay out of my house. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I've, heard, I've seen people post it. I've yeah. heard people say it in real life yeah. because we're inconvenienced with the change of schedule. Mm-hmm. And even like in a relationship that should be utterly connected yeah. because it's now different and not what it was, it, they want to push it away. Right. Even
0: if it's not good sometimes, we still are drawn. I mean, even Israel said to Moses, why have you taken us out of, out of Egypt? Because well, you were enslaved. Mm. Right. So that's the reason. But we could have died there in Israel. To some degree, there was an element of comfort and and familiarity there that that Moses has taken them out of. And so, uh, you know, when you when you start really looking at it that way, then you realize, well, maybe I'm actually I'm pursuing convenience. I'm pursuing comfort over the cause of Christ. And so. Sometimes we have to intentionally bring in some discomfort mm-hmm. into our world in order to to regain the proper perspective, to refocus on what really matters, and
1: that is the cause of Christ. And, you know, we've talked about when Jesus instituted New Covenant life, Christianity, mm-hmm. what type of people was he speaking to? What was their cultural context? You know, they weren't the elite of the elite. Right. Now, there were those people scattered throughout, but generally speaking— you know, Israel, the Jews at that time, and then even just the Christians of the first century were a downtrodden, outcast, rebel, grassroots society mm-hmm. that probably didn't have all the comforts we do. Now we fast forward to our culture. Like you and I both know what we are in 21st century America. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the elite of the elite as far as conveniences, comforts, and luxuries. Mm-hmm. And so even Christianity, what persecution do we face? What real struggles do we face?
0: Yeah, we we consider discomfort and inconvenience persecution sometimes, yes. and we wrongly apply that word. Yes. Perse- that's not persecution. No, that that's us being our own persecutors. Essentially, we're stifling mm-hmm. out the the space for God in our world, and and that is kind of the point here. Is fasting makes space for God again. It is a refi- yes. So if Christ at the beginning of his ministry saw that it was important to fast, why would we not fast? Right? If he talks to his disciples and says when you, he has the expectation when you pray, why would we then not incorporate that into our life? If we see that it is a part of the New Testament church, a part of Israel in their devotion to God, why would we not then implement that into our lives and, and see that it can also be a way that draws us in deeper into that relationship, focuses us more into living a life that's drawn towards holiness and not convenience, not just you know what is, what is just a routine. That we're not just maintaining Right? We're, we're meant to adapt. the mm-hmm. church grew when it had to adapt persecution, strife you know God's people were made to be all-terrain vehicles. We weren't made for just a nice smooth pavement in life. Faith is made for crisis right You have faith use it. Mm-hmm. Fasting is a way for us to, to hone that to really remind ourselves to spend that that purposeful time that's right set aside uh, for that reconnection.
1: I, I really do believe. That if people want to draw themselves into first century Christianity, if they want to be disciples of Jesus, real Christians, this is something you can't just pass over. This Mm -hmm. is something you can't just neglect. Oh, I just haven't done it yet. This is a
0: doing a Bible thing, a Bible way. Yes, and if we
1: make that claim, we are, as restorationists, Mm -hmm. doing Bible things and Bible ways with Bible names. This is on that list and towards Mm -hmm. the top of that list. Our Savior did it. Men of old did it in the Old Covenant. The the first century church found themselves doing it before before huge moments, right? Right. Life-altering moments. Not insignificant. Not (laughs) insignificant. And oftentimes with Jesus, he knew those things were coming. But with with the apostles in Acts 13, I don't know if they realized that they were about to be set off on their mission. I don't know. But the point is this. I do believe that if we can really empty ourselves of of those worldly things that we're thinking about. I'm not talking about sinful things, just everyday response like what's my next meal? My wife can't stand what's next for dinner? What what am I going to cook, right? Yeah. That's the if you, if someone just tell me what to cook, I'll cook it, but having to think about it, it's miserable. You take it out of your equation for one day, here's what happens. How am I going to pray? What am I going to pray about in this next hour? Right? What Bible text am I going to read about in this next hour? All of a sudden, my mind that sometimes Uh, doesn't intentionally think about God is drawn into him every time and all the time throughout the entirety of the day. And I think it's in those moments where we empty ourselves that we can be, like I said, filled with the fullness of Christ. But I think we can be more focused in on the mission and that God might reveal it to us in a more full way as we devote ourselves to Him in those moments,
0: I think there's an element of patience that comes out of that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you talk about the process here, so I, sometimes it's almost like a—I um, think of like a vending machine. Put my quarter in, a Coke or a snack pops out. So we think, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop eating right here and just, okay, what's gonna pop out? Something yeah. magic. All of a sudden, yes, I had this moment. You know, this road to Damascus moment. Right. Well, that's not quite how it works, right? I think what you're saying here is. Purpose and plan. Uh, Simon Sinek, you referenced him uh, earlier today when yeah. we were chatting. And, and you know, his, his ideas here of establish my why. W- when you go into fast, when you fast, don't just do it in private, but also have a purpose. Mm-hmm. David had a purpose. In the midst of those moments of his life, there was grief. And there, there was forgiveness he was seeking from God. He was trying to, to actually appeal to God mm-hmm. for what he desired, his, his desire for the child to not die, and, and grief for his friends. And, uh,
1: Jesus. In John 4, 34, he said, my food is to do the will of my father. Right. And if if it's the case that I can connect to that will more closely in fasting, mm-hmm. what Christian wouldn't want that? Absolutely. And so knowing my why I think is huge. And we've discussed how a fast uh, will either, you, you can either make it or break it before mm-hmm. it even begins. Right. And how we're praying in preparation for the fast that it will be successful. God, give me guidance to do this, to do this humbly and, and to do this with utter devotion that you will move, move powerfully in this and that I'll have the wisdom to see that, right? right. To be there with you as you're transform, transforming and then just give me strength. Right. So a fast, you can make it or break it beforehand and we've got to know our why. So any fast... That happens. And and this is a message for people who maybe have never done this before. And I was a part of that camp until the recent years in my adult life. And uh, in in preaching about this and teaching about this, what I realized was most of the congregation was also in that camp Mm -hmm. of having never done it before. I'm not here to figure out why that's the case. It doesn't matter. Here's where we are. And so in discussing what fasting is and why we need to do it, I think we've got to to understand it's going to connect us to the will of God, but then our part is to prepare for it. And so why am I going to fast? Well, Jesus wanted to to be utterly connected to the Father. Do you? Well, fast about it. The apostles were worshiping God. Have you ever gone into a fa- into a worship having fasted, where your body is absolutely craving and cringing from within, but you allow your soul to be filled and to be your sustenance and sustainment? Yeah. Have you ever done that in worship? Have Have you been struggling in a sin and you don't have that courage just to rise above and and to move beyond it? And so you need some spiritual strength from within. And so what do you do when you when you're stressed out? You gorge, donuts, mm-hmm. cokes, all those things that will. Make you feel better. You feel terrible. Right. Get rid of it all, and so you go in praying about your sin, strength to overcome, understanding how to rise above it. Your your body is losing that that sustenance physically, and it's being filled with God's sustenance spiritually. You come out on the other end, a new man. Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: It is, and it's it's just sitting there on the table, and we're not yeah. touching it. Maybe the table's
1: the wrong analogy there, but <laughs> <That's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: good. but definitely something that. I think because we don't fully understand the purpose and we don't always understand our why mm-hmm. people go that have tried it and say, it's not successful. They don't have the why, the right perspective, the right why there to be yeah. or a why established. Uh, w- when I've done it in the past, most recently, especially I kept a journal and I was, I was very mm-hmm. deliberate. I had three specific times of prayer uh, plotted out and scheduled during the day. And then I would, I would do smaller prayers during the day, but these are three where I was going like, to shut the door. You know, everything is just quiet and focused for a six. you know, several minutes, 10, 15 minutes at a time, and in the morning, that prayer was going to be focused on a prayer for the fast, that it would be successful, specifically that, that my that throughout the day, God would draw me closer, uh, more focused in, in my, my thinking, that I would, uh, I would be able to really give myself wholly to this fast, and to remove distractions, that sort of thing. The second Prayer of the day was some very specific personal things that I wanted to pray about. Struggles, um, different things going on in my life. And then the third one, I, I intentioned that to be totally outward focused. So I didn't pray on anything about myself. It was all about other people or other things going on that weren't directly connected to me.
1: And the progress of that.
0: Exactly. It was a very leaning, God, I totally entrust this with you. This is me now let me think outward. Yeah. You know, it was it an outward progression was my, my goal. And that changed everything. That was the most, I guess, impactful time um, that, that I've ever had in the midst of, of trying a fast because I'd never purposed to that extent before. And I kept that, that journal with me all day and I wrote down some of my thoughts uh, along the way. And so going back, it's like, this was, this was a very directed action. It wasn't just, okay, I'm going to stop eating and then see what happens.
1: You know, I didn't even connect these dots. Um, I think that's wonderful. When I was a part of a fast, this was a congregational fast. Okay. We did this as a, a church family. I didn't even consider that we went through that same progression, and I didn't realize it to this moment. Oh, really? We, I set out a prayer schedule for every hour mm-hmm. of, of the day, and I, I, I included, I think, eight, nine hours of sleep or something like that. It must have been for people who don't have kids. Yeah, right. Uh, those were other <laughs> prayers. Cute. Those that's are different cute, prayers right? in the middle of the night. So. <laughs> Um, every hour, and it started out with God help us in this fast, help me in this fast. Mm-hmm. But we were praying specifically for the installment of new elders, mm-hmm. and so then we were installing uh, a couple more, and so that would have given us a bigger number. And so the last X amount of prayers, each hour was a prayer for that individual, and then we finished the we finished that prayer schedule with a prayer. Now we as a congregation. Help us mm-hmm. to help these men shepherd us, and and then we as a church help the world. Right. And so that I, I didn't even realize it, yeah. but that's the that's progression, progression from
0: God to me outward. That's the progression of a, a Christian life, right? Yeah. You know where it's I recognize my need for God, my sin, I, I am able to access mm-hmm. salvation. And now disciples go make disciples, go into all the world. That is the natural progression and, and maturity of a disciple of Christ is to then be completely self-sacrificing, uh, to sacrifice yourself on every level, you know, and, and in every capacity there. And so through this act of fasting, this exercise, you might say, we we sort of allow ourselves the space to reenact that in, mm-hmm. in some capacity. It's, it's definitely something that I think has unbelievable value and for whatever reason, over the course of my lifetime, either wasn't taught or didn't learn correctly the place that it should have in my life. You know, and I hope that as a result of our conversation today, Absolutely. hope more people will at least consider and maybe do some study on their own uh, if they've never done it. And those that have done it will be encouraged to continue to make it a part of their life.
1: Absolutely. This is, this has moved me. Yeah. I'm hoping this is going to move some other people too.
0: Likewise, man. Well, thanks again for being here today. Really enjoyed our time together. This is great. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you later.